How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham kind of and Justin Trees coming to you with another episode of Talking Football. No Dan Kiefer tonight. He's on daddy duty. Uh, I'm not a dad, but I'm sure that is pretty busy, especially when you got two youngins. And if you got two Dan Kiefer's running around, uh, yeah, there's not a safe moment when you are just the lone parent there. So, Dan, hopefully everything is going well. Going to miss you for tonight. But Trees and I have it down here, and we're going to be going over some Jonathan Taylor news. We're going to be going over training camp news that's making its way around. And officially, NFL football is back starting tomorrow night for a little preseason action between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. Two teams in the AFC that are looking to make a deep run this season. It's fun that they're starting the year off. Really not maybe the ideal start to an NFL season, but a lot of promise for both teams heading into the year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited. I mean, it just feels like football is back. You have you have hard knocks that starts next week. You got, like you said, preseason tomorrow. We're officially at when this episode comes out, officially four weeks away from college football kickoff, which mm-hmm. is the Utah Utes and the Florida Gators, which is going to be awesome on Thursday night. Um, yeah, man, football's That's back. The opening game for college football. I uh, I believe so. Yeah, Aside from like zero. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And you are going to that game. Of course. Episode, but. Yes, of course. So, all right, cool. So let's jump in. Let's talk about Jonathan Taylor here. So if you guys have been living under a rock, um, Jim Ursay comes out and basically, you know, basically says it is what it is. You guys thought in the CBA, like it doesn't, you can't just change it now. And like just for one position, so on and so forth. Basically, when when he when Jonathan Taylor Taylor dies and I die, nobody's gonna remember us in NFL team, and it's the, all about the shield. Blah 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 blah. Um, yep. So owners are dumb sometimes. Like this is your star player, and I don't care if he's a running back or not. Like he is your star yep. player, and you have a rookie quarterback that's going to need somebody like Jonathan Taylor, especially year one, as he gets acclimated to the NFL. Like, why on earth would you piss him off like this? Why couldn't you just be like, yeah, we'll work on it. Jonathan Taylor and I will figure something out. And then, like, even if you don't plan on re-signing him or anything, you just say that to the public and move on. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that we used to hear about Jerry Jones for the longest time is that he just couldn't get out of his own team's way. And I think that's exactly what's happening with Jim Irsay and the Colts right now. It's just like, you are the owner stick to that role and be that and get out of the way. Now I know Jerry Jones is a little different because (laughs) the general manager owner of the team, CEO, yada, 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 holds every position front office position available pretty much. Um, Or at least that's still what his, his written down title is, but back to the Colts here with Jim Irsay, it's just at one point he was the lovable owner that was interactive with the media and had good jokes, had funny stories, was kind of high, high, has that little smoker's voice to it. Dude's just living life to the fullest. Right now, it's like, dude, just shut up. Just let the guys take care of their job. Let them handle the contract situation. And let's just move forward with Jonathan Taylor. Maybe you don't pay him like the, the highest amount. I understand why he wanted to reset the market. The dude's been a stud. He's been the only piece on offense. I just don't know why you're trying to continue to put your foot in your mouth and ruin this situation. And now you're leaving your team in a position of we are completely relying on a rookie quarterback who still has his question marks of, is he ready for the NFL? Yep. Yeah. So, um, 
And I really wish, I know everybody says this, but I really wish I was a fly on the wall during that Zoom call with all the running backs. Um, just because, like, literally, like, 24 hours later, Saquon signed a one-year deal. So, like, yeah. I really like, wanted to know, like, led that conversation? That? Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like it was Because Eckler, Josh Jacobs gets on a plane. Josh Jacobs gets on a plane shortly after. He's like, yeah, I'm out of here. I, you guys aren't seeing me again. So, Saquon <laughs> Barkley's like... Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and sign the deal. Austin Eckler's like, all right, well, I'm just going to go back to work, you know, da 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 And Jonathan Taylor's, ooh, boys, I got a whole different situation. My owner's just running his mouth. And now I have, like, these apparent back issues, which I think it's interesting that he came out and was like, hey, I don't have any back issues, never did, never complained about it, find new sources. And then he's at training camp, I think the next day or two days after that, and the way he's walking around and kind of hunched over, you're like, this dude looks like he has some back pain. Like, I know that walk. I've had that walk myself with slower back pain of it being a little tight. Maybe that's what he said. It was like, hey, I have some back tightness, and they did some treatment on it, and it was super sore the next day, so just bad timing of it. Maybe that's where the source came from. But trying to connect some dots here is like, ooh, like, hey, you're saying the sources are wrong, and then we see this clip, and it's like, nah, that's that old man walk of, like, you got out of bed and slept the wrong way. Your back's tight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but is it like the whole like James Harden thing or like maybe he's just faking it like a little bit, like when he's walking around, you know, like but he's totally James fine. James Harden like, somehow looks like he's gained 50 pounds in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Taylor gets traded and the next day. He's just ripped his shit running four three forties. Doing back extensions. No big yeah, deal. <laughs> no big deal. Literally just like doing piggybacks with the offensive lineman. No, no worries. So, all right. Well, that's that's the drama of running backs in the NFL. Um, it's tough, man. Like, I get the arguments, like, both ways. I really do. Yeah. Um, but it kind of is what it is right now. So, that's it. It is what it is. <laughs> um, so many on. people hate that thing, but at the same time, it works out very well. It does. It really does. Um, so, when this episode comes out, there's a football game. We got yeah. we got the New York Jets versus the Cleveland Browns. Jets, 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 Jets. Um, I always get excited for this game, and I don't know why because I don't get excited for any other preseason game except for this one, and maybe it's just because it's the first one. But, I think like, I'm that's excited. it. But I'm also going to realize about the third quarter is like, man, this is some shitty football. A thousand percent. But it's, it's like AC NFL game. Drinks yep. are going to be flowing. Going to be hanging out with the boys, watching the game having some fun and I'm going to walk outside and the sun's still going to be up and it's going to be hot as balls. Welcome to the Midwest, but football's back. And I think that's like the most important thing too, is that's going to, it's just, you're, you're getting back into your traditions. You're finding your routine again. And you're just sitting there looking at it like, okay, here we go. I think all is well in the world. I think is the right way to look at it, but kind of like not necessarily to do a preview, but to kind of just like a quick dive into these teams here. I said at the beginning of the episode, a lot of potential for both these teams heading into the year. You know, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, the Browns, Deshaun Watson, numerous receiving weapons for both these teams, running back galore with the possibility of Dalvin Cook going to the Jets. We already know the Browns have Nick Chubb. And then the defense, I think the defense for the Browns should hopefully be better. Uh, Miles Garrett's a stud. You look at the Jets defense led by Robert Sala. They're going to be good again, and Quinton Williams right there in the middle who just got paid as well. In the long run of the season, this could be one of these games where we look back and I was like, this is the game that started the season for this and look at where we're at. Like, There's a possibility in December 
things have gone array for some of these other teams that we thought were going to be the hot shots into the year between the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Chargers, and it's like, I mean, the Browns and the Jets have found a way to stay consistent when football games, and here we go. The Bills and other teams that possibly could have gone array. But again, starting the season with a matchup like this, we're just kind of like, eh, don't really know, now holds a lot of potential and excitement heading into Yeah, I would say the AFC North is actually one of the hardest divisions to try to predict because every team can be so good. And I wouldn't be shocked if we come into January and we're like, yeah, so um, the Cleveland Browns just won the AFC North. Like, I would not be shocked by that. But I also would not be shocked if we said the Bengals did again or if the Ravens did. I'd be a little shocked on the Steelers. I would be stunned with the Steelers just personally. I don't think they're going to have a losing season. It just doesn't do that. But, God, they just find ways to win football games. And George Pickens, you know, really likes the guy coming out. George Pickens and uh, the Watson kid at North Dakota State, Christian Watson. Loved yep. both of them. They both look to be tearing up. Christian Watson, and eh, you know, report's kind of weird. But, like, George Pickens was like, hey, Kansas City, why not this guy? He's got field issues. Welcome to the team. So does everyone else, it seems like. Could have been a stud. But no, now he's going to be in stud in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh once again finds a stud receiver in the second round. That's what they what Steelers are known for in my generation. Yeah. Yep. So I don't think they're going to win. But with Baltimore, that could let's just go ahead and now dive into, unless there's more you want to talk about this game. Nope, yeah. perfect. Okay, so now just kind of diving into every team in training camp news with Baltimore. You got OBJ. Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball around. He's got some weapons at receiver. They just need to stay healthy. He needs to stay healthy. Do you think this is a team that can surprise people and win this division? Or do you think it's going to be more so if they win the division? It's like, hey, yeah, they were close last year. Just Lamar Jackson got injured and missed the playoff game, which they still almost won with Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I think they I easily think they can win this division. When we did our May power rankings, I had them the highest out of all of us uh, between the three of us. I, I don't remember exactly where, but I want to say between like six and eight, like overall as you where had I had eight. them. Eight? No, you okay. didn't. Sorry. You had them at five. I had them at five. seven. Kiefer had them at eight. See? So, yeah, I, I really like this team. I think the defense yeah. is going to get back. For some reason, our eight. rankings are in a separate order. Yeah, I don't know why. That's weird. Um, but yeah, so I think that they're going to do good there. I think their defense is young and hungry. I love what they're doing with the wide receiver core. I, I think Zay Flowers is going to be a stud. I'm a big Bateman guy. OBJ will get attention there. And then uh, I think they're going to use Isaiah Likely and and Andrews a lot. Like I love the new hire at OC, taking the Georgia OC, coming in, doing a lot more fast p- pace type offense. I think this is going to be a whole different ball game. The only the only question really is is what's going on with J.K. Dobbins because I mean nobody talks about him holding out, but he basically is holding out um, for a new contract. And everybody's like, why? Like he played like six games in the last two years, but it is what it is there. <laughs> um, but like I think this team is good, and they have all the talent in the world to be able to compete with anybody. Yep. Uh, we usually start with the AFC East. We started with the North today, but let's head to the East here. Buffalo, Miami, Jets, New England, of course. New England's one of those teams where I was thinking about it the other day. We've not really talked about them at all. You're not really hearing them be talked about either. And I can't help but wonder, are the Patriots going to be the team that just ruined things for another team in this division 
because you have the Jets, Miami, and Buffalo. We know Miami and Buffalo are sitting atop that division, especially Buffalo. But the Jets with Aaron Rodgers now have a lot of promise with the weapons that we just discussed a second ago. But New England's like, okay, Max Jones now has an off, like a true offensive coordinator. He doesn't have Matt Patricia playing defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator and doing an atrocious job. I think with Bill O'Brien there, this team could make some noise. I'm not seeing like success throughout the season, but they just disrupt someone's progression or, or momentum throughout the year and maybe knocks a team from a playoff spot. Uh, and they're sitting there like, okay, hey, you know, we didn't have the success that we really wanted, but neither did them because of us. And we'll just build on that heading into the next year. Yeah. Um, I just think the division's too hard. Like, I just I just don't think they're going to be – like, the Patriots are going to be able to compete when it's all said and done. I just don't think they have the talent. Their offense – offensive skill weapons are really bad. I mean, besides Steve – Yeah, and like, they don't really have much of an offensive team. line either. Yeah, like, Stevenson's great. You know, like uh, – I mean, they got some player. Juju's like what? Juju's their top guy? Yeah. <laughs> Juju, the bird kid. Yeah, like, it's just – it's just ugly, man. Um, yeah, so it's bad there. They, I mean, I like the running back. Um, Mac Jones is mid at best. So I don't know. I just don't think they're going to be able to compete. Mid. Um. What I the like the Dolphins, right? Like I'm, I'm still on the Dolphins. I don't know if we actually officially announced this to our podcast, but uh. We went in on a little wager, on a little bet um, between the three of us. Uh, all three of us put some money on. Uh, we did a little three-leg parlay, and we did the Dolphins winning the division, the Jags winning the division, and the Falcons winning the division. Um, nice little payout if all three hit. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Not going to lie. I feel I, – I don't like how confident I feel in it, to be honest. Like – I really well, that's do. good that you have the confidence because you also have some of mine. Because I'm sitting here looking at Miami, just like, oh, man, there's just so much hope and promise there. But are they going to stay healthy? Is this a team that just has too many personalities on it for it to all correlate heading into the year? And then you have a leader like Tua who likes to be quiet and reserved. Yeah, I like, I think it's fine. Like I, I you think got a that... lot of voices on offense. you got a lot of voices on defense. It just – there was a team a couple of years ago that had a similar situation and they're not coming to mind right now where we sat here and looked at it. I was like, that's a lot of personality on this team. And there's not one true leader that dictates everything. And I can't help but think it's the same thing with Miami. That's my only concern. If they stay healthy and two can stay healthy and start dropping dimes, then it's like, okay, Hey, here we go. Yeah. But I'm more, more questionable about Miami and the Falcons than anything else. I think the Jaguars are pretty good. I, I'm confident in them. Yeah. That's not saying much with the rest of that division. Yeah, but I mean that's I mean that's why I'm you make these bets be for part the big of the Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I'm yep. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, let's see what else. I mean the the Bills. I mean the Bills are what they are, right? They're really good. I know both you and I both said that like, we wouldn't be surprised if we saw a step back from them this year. Like, did they kind of miss that window? Um possibility just more because this division is so strong now more than anything i'm not saying that their talent is less i'm just saying the division's gotten so much stronger it's going to be harder for them to do that so um but i will say that i like that they are going to have the jets in miami to be playing four games against that like maybe that helps them heading into the playoffs that they're a little bit more ready for playoff football in the sense of like 
good facing good quarterbacks on a regular basis, facing some defenses that get after the quarterback, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, with the Jets, do you think they'll be able to excuse the the think they'll be able to kind of get much going on offense with the primary receiver just still being on digs? Like I know Gabe Davis is there, but I don't feel like he's consistent enough that we can rely on him week in and week out. And a running back wise, it still feels like that's kind of a question mark on who can you truly rely on to be the guy. And I feel like we're just kind of getting back to the facts with Buffalo of you're asking a lot out of Josh Town and you're not helping him out too much. He's kind of in that weird spot where we're going to see him really going to look at it and be like, you had Stephon Diggs, you had all this help. And we're going to be like, yeah, but they didn't really get him much help after that. Like we can't just put all the blame on Josh Allen here. He's had some tough running in the playoffs with the chiefs. I get that. And then last year's just a balk on the playoffs was not good at all, but yeah, it just, yeah, I feel like the window is closing for Buffalo quickly. And I think that's something you've mentioned at the beginning of the summer as well. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Um, I actually think Gabe Davis has a pretty good year this year. I think that he was poised for a breakout last year, and he had an ankle injury in week two, and I think it was a high ankle injury that just, like, affected him all season until the very end of the season, right when Josh Allen hurt his um, his UCL, his elbow, and then I think that really affected Josh Allen as well. So, um, And then let's not forget, they got Dalton Kincaid in the draft. I think he's – I truly think he's going to make a difference this year. Like, I don't think they're going to line him up at tight end. Like, I think that they'll really put Knox there and they will put Kincaid just in the slot. Like, I truly believe that. So, yeah. That's my thoughts. I kind of like that. Um, let's go ahead and head to your division here, the AFC South. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars looking hot. Trevor Lawrence quarterback, Calvin Early coming at receiver. I mean, what what are your major concerns here for the Jaguars heading into the year after winning the division last year and getting a playoff win as well? Uh, edge rush. That's my main concern heading into this year, just not having enough edge rush. Um, they were supposed to – supposed to. They were talking to uh, the Vikings about Daniil Hunter. Like, I legit thought mm-hmm. they were going to trade for Hunter last week. Then Hunter ended up signing a 20-year – $20 million one-year deal with the Vikings. Um, so I'd say that's probably my biggest worry is just edge rush. But I also am like a little bit more excited. Um, it sounds like Devin Lloyd, after kind of a rough rookie year, is looking a lot more like focused. And I don't want to say focused. Maybe that's a better word. Comfortable in the defensive scheme. And so he's like yeah. playing a lot faster. And I feel like that's helping out the safeties and Alucon of like not having to like protect him as well. That that might let the coverage last a little bit longer. That can give that edge rush an extra second to get to the quarterback. So that's gonna be that's kind of my my input. Um and I know that you guys were down on the Titans. They still scare the shit out of me, man. Like I just like I hate really? I, I hate how much hate they're getting right now. Like that feels like a such a like Rabel is going to use that shit and like oh, this team's going to come out thousand percent, right? Yeah, like, I, I mean, it scares me. We talked about coming in the episode of like let's talk about like training camp dudes. I saw something the other day that was like, hey, uh, rookie quarterback Will Levis is getting a lot of reps with the second team right now, and he's leading some pretty serious drives in these seven on seven and eleven on eleven drills. Kind of keep an eye on this. You know, they're not talking a lot about him, but. He's kind of moving his way up the depth chart, and I know Ryan Tannehill's the starter. He was dealing with some injuries last year and just a, a lack of weapons as well. Um, 
But if you can get Derrick Henry some space, and now you have it questionable to whether it is Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis that's throwing a jump ball to DeAndre Hopkins, let's not forget Traylon Burks, who they took last year, um, who I just don't think was as prepared for the NFL as what maybe some people thought. He still got the size, though. And if you're working with DeAndre Hopkins and you can learn how to use that and trust your hands, uh, that's going to be a pretty scary duo of two big body receivers that have a pretty hell of a catch radius. These quarterbacks, especially Ryan Tannehill, who's shown time and time again, not scared to put the ball up there and let his receiver like it's a specialty of oh Ryan Tannehill's leading them like you know fourth quarter like we'll be all right, and then he ends up making a run or some type of play where he makes this along the sideline in the corner of the end zone, whether it's the front or the back, just like how did that throw land? It's Ryan Tannehill magic, so I get it. But at the same time, I'm looking at fence. There's some studs there, but at the same time, it's not as much that scares you heading into the playoffs, I think. There's not much that – there's not enough playmakers on the defense to get stops to get the offense to ball back. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair comment there. So, I don't know. I think they'll, they'll be better. Um I don't know if there's much to say about the Colts that we haven't already said at the start of the episode with Jonathan Taylor stuff. Um, yeah. I'm kind, of, kind of talked about Anthony Richardson as well there. Um, with the Texans, they're just going to be young, man. That's all it is. They're going to be young. It's going to be fun to just like see what they become. Like That's all it is. Like I like their coaching yeah. staff. They got some young players. I It just feels like a team that like we'll talk about a lot in two years, and like there's just going to be a year or two of growing pains. I think with the Texans, the fun part of looking at it is knowing that we're watching them develop right in front of our eyes. Like, it may not be pretty. They're, you know, it's the same I've had since I've been doing podcasts. He's like, they got to find, they have to, I don't know what Texans are going to do next year. CJ Stroud is going to have to learn how to win in the NFL. He's going to have to learn and build a relationship with these new receivers that he's got in this NFL offense and the defense. I mean, they're going to have to learn how to be better than they have been in years, honestly. But I think with your new head coach, the new culture that's coming in, I think it's going to be an exciting time knowing that this is the start of the future and what seems to be a positive one for the Texans after years of just negativity due to Deshaun Watson. Let's go ahead and head to the West here in the AFC. Uh, let's start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, head coach now has a lot to say. Like Sean Payton just decides to be an open book this year and is spilling his guts on like, hey, this team was so well managed last year with Nathaniel Hackett that like it's going to be, I don't know if he's saying it's going to be hard to win or hard to do anything, but it almost just seems like he's setting up an excuse of like, hey, if we suck this year, it's because of how bad the guy the year before did. Maybe he's looking at Russell Wilson and going like, yeah, I, I ain't no fixing this. Because there was a report that came out that says Russell Wilson's lost all of his speed and athleticism, but he's still got a strong arm. That's cool, but what made Russell Wilson Russell Wilson was the fact that he could keep play alive, run around circles in the backfield, still throw it up, and then somehow get a 60-yard completion out of it after the catch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say besides that. <laughs> so um, let's move on to – Let's do the Chargers. So we got the Chargers here. Um, super excited about the Chargers this year. Like how, how everybody's always excited about the Chargers. I get that. But like Kellen Moore on that offense is going to be awesome. I think that having a downfield threat and throwing the ball down the field more is going to be awesome. Uh, Quentin Johnson, Johnson at the wide receiver three is going to be great. Um, defense has got to step up. Um you can't have Brandon Sale as your head coach and your defense continue to not do well. So I think there's that. Obviously, now there's pressure on uh, Justin Herbert with getting the contract. But 
overall, man, I think that this offense is going to do exact actually better than what it did last year. I and mean, it was really, really good last year. Um, but it really just comes down to the defense. Can the defense one stay healthy? And can they just get stops? Like the, it feels like they were, they've been a team that can get turnovers, but they allow a shit ton of points. They need to be more of a bend, but don't break defense. It's okay to give up three. Just don't give up the seven. Well, I mean, what do they need though? Cause I feel like when you look at this chargers defense, there's someone at every part of the field for that. Like you got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. You got Kenneth Murray at linebacker who is a speed guy. You know, you've added uh, Morgan Fox, through free agency as well. Like that's another guy that's going to help you get pressure. And then on the backside of it, you have uh Asante Jr. or Asante Samuel Jr., excuse me. You have Derwin James. There's just I feel like you have dudes at every level, but at the same time, you can't get any stops. What's going on there? Yeah, I mean when your head coach is a defensive guy. That's what I'm saying. Like they just need to they just need to be able to figure out how to get some stops and maybe don't be as aggressive. I don't know what it is, but they just need to figure out how to stop them to three points rather than seven points. Like that's all they need to do. And like this team is going to be so dangerous that they can do it. Just figure it out. 10% better than what they have been doing. Right. Like just like that little bit. Again, they would have beat the Jags if they were just a, just a teeny bit better. A teeny hey, bit. You know, the only thing from, <laughs> hold on. What is it? Right now you're ordinary, but the only thing that's being extraordinary is just that little extra manager that in the restaurant business when I was a server in college and I freaking hated it. Yeah. Right now you're ordinary, but just the only thing stepping you apart from being extraordinary is just a little extra. Yeah, that's really that's really bad. Um all right, I'm going to hand it off to you for the Chiefs. I mean, I I have things that I want to say, but I just want you to run with it and then you just let me know when it's my turn to talk here. Well, I don't want to spend hours talking about him, but I, I'm very much in a position right now where I'm excited about the future of Kansas City heading into this season than I was last year. And I know that may sound crazy, but I picked the Chargers to win the division last year. I didn't think the Chiefs were, were going to be um, as good. As they and I think more so to me, that was just saying like Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. I don't know, re rebirth in a way because he just took over so many different ball games. But I look at this offensive line. They had huge question marks at tackles. I think they've answered that. One of the weakest position groups last year on the team was wide receiver. Now, and that's all the conversation training camp is who are they going to go with? Uh, Justin Ross. I'm not even going to over exaggerate this. I'm thinking he he's going to make the roster and I would not be surprised if he makes some impact plays throughout the season, because there's these clips that keep coming out from camp and maybe it's the team doing it on purpose, but then there's other bloggers and media members of Kansas city. that's like, Hey, this Justin Ross, Patrick Mahomes connection is looking pretty nice. You know, Rasheed Rice, the kid they took out of the second round at SMU looks to be picking up the offense much quicker as a rookie. And it's been known that rookies and Andy Reid's uh, as rookie receivers and Andy Reid's offense, it takes them a little bit to catch on. Sky Moore looks more comfortable in the offense. There's a couple other guys on the back end of the roster that you shouldn't hear looking at, going like, "Ooh, hey, like this guy's got some shiftiness. He's got some speed. He's making some plays in camps. So that's going to be fun. Let's see what we can do on special teams." Now let's head to the other side of the ball on the defense. I think this defense is going to be worlds better than it was last year. There were so many rookies that turned into vets at the back end of the season and made plays. And I think we forget looking at the playoffs last year with as much as, or as much as Mahomes and Kelsey made plays, 
it was the defense that was getting stops. And it's just outside of Nick Bolton, and it was outside of Frank Clark. It was, you know, Justin Reed's making plays. You got Trent McDuffie making plays. You got some of these other rookies that are coming up with stops. And Chris Jones should have won defensive player of the year last year. I understand why it was Nick Bosa, but it's just like, damn, he was so close. And if they can figure out his contract situation, bring him back, I think we look at this defense and – I don't think there's a hole. I don't think there's an issue with this defense of like, ooh, it's usually the run game. They have guys that can stop the run game. They got speedy linebackers. They got linebackers that can plug the holes. They got linebackers that can cover, and they have experience on the outside that they can trust on one-on-one situations. And they got safeties that hit hard and play ferocious. And a name that I'm going to mention that I want you to remember is Brian Cook, the kid out of Cincinnati who they took in the middle of the draft last year, came into the season – was a little slow, took a little bit to get Spagnuolo's defense. This year in training camp, he is just a menace. He's the guy that Travis Kelsey punched in the helmet a couple weeks ago. I think it was actually last week because he knocked the ball out of his hand and got chippy with him. He did the same thing today, and I just think he's got that, and this is going to sound obnoxious, but he's just got that dog in him. Like he's just, he's just ready. He's the guy that you hate that he's not on your team, but because he's on your team, you're like, thank God, here we go. He's going to be a hard-hitting safety that can fly around. That's what I wanted the Chiefs to have. It looks like they might have it in Brian Cook. I'm pumped about it. And he's massive. He's like 6'2". And lengthy. I said I wasn't going to spend an hour talking, and I spent a whole jumble minute. But I want to hear your true, honest thoughts on the Chiefs, and I'm not going to get all defensive. I truly want to hear what someone else's point of view of the team is from an outside perspective. Yeah, well, my first one is Travis Kelsey needs to stop getting in fights. Like he's, you're a I, vet. I agree. You're yeah. a vet, dude. You've been here way too much to like be. You're doing 33. That. Get over. Yeah, like you gotta get over. Like you gotta, you gotta stop that. So that'll be my first comment. Um, I will say, yeah, I'm obviously the whole NFL should be scared shitless of this team. I mean, you still got Patrick Mahomes, you still got Travis Kelsey, and your defense got a lot better last year. Like, that's what I can say about that. I also will say that I think that this will be the toughest road that they have. I think this is the toughest the AFC has been, I don't know, maybe in our lifetime. Like, there are so many good AFC teams this year. Like, that, I'm like, holy shit. So this this will be it. Um <laughs> But, like, again, they're the front runners, and I fully expect them to be walking into the playoffs as the one or two seed. Like, that's all I can think of, and when they do that, they'll make a huge run in the playoffs. The question is, is he finally going to have a true road playoff game, that being Patrick Mahomes? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But, like, he just wins regular season games that lets him be an arrowhead and then wherever the Super Bowl is. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super I'm super scared of them. I, I think everybody should be. Um, do I think that they can't be beat? No, I think – I clearly think that they can be beat. I think – I mean, we didn't really talk about the Bengals that much um, or at all, really. We kind of skipped over them. But, like, the Bengals can beat them, right? I, I can see the Bills beating them. I yeah. could see – you know, I could see – shit, I could see the Dolphins giving them a run with them just for because of the speed they have. And if they get, like, a healthy – Jalen Ramsey gets healthy again – you know, like being able to try to lock down some of these wide receivers, like yep. it's just going to be tough, man. But like if you had to say like, yeah, I could see why they're the betting favorites. They should be the betting favorites. And they like if anybody did rankings, they the lowest they should ever be is two. Right. Like there's one like the Eagles are the only team I could say like 
yeah, I think that they're better than them. And I know they beat them in the in the Super Bowl. Good for them. Overall, I just still think the Eagles are just like a better overall team. And that's no disrespect. Do you think we'll get Chiefs. a Super Bowl rematch? Wouldn't that be no, awesome? I, it would be awesome because that that Super Bowl was so much fun last year. It was it's been yeah, it the was. funnest Super Bowl that I can remember. Like in the last, it was fucking nerve wracking, is what it was. It was so much fun. So um, I I don't think we get that. Um, I I actually don't think the Chiefs or the Eagles make it to the Super Bowl just because I think it's just too hard to get their back to back years more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my take on it. Like they're good. They're scary, um, yeah. And I'm not a Chiefs fan, so I hope they I hope they lose, right? Like that's just yeah, what it comes yeah, down that's to, awesome. right? That's yep. that's what it comes down to. We literally talked about this when we first started this episode. That I was like, they are getting to the Patriots territory where everybody just roots against them, and you're like, good, I can't wait for that. And I think you're there. Like I don't think you were there last year. Like even though they had been to two, but like. Because they didn't make it the year before, and the year before that they got blown out by the Bucks in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Like, like I just don't think that like people had that like okay, like oh I don't like the Chiefs. I think now that they've won it two times, I think now people are like okay, like I'm ready for somebody new now. Yeah, I think and the last time to. they won the Super Bowl, there was COVID, so they didn't really get that true like celebratory off season with the media and everything. And they've gotten it this year. Yeah, they and, have. I mean, they made. They made up for everything they missed out on 2020. Like, I'll be honest, there's been some moments where I'm like, all right, like, I'm tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes. I'm tired of seeing Travis Kelsey. But, like, now that they're, like, football's back, and this is going to sound so cheesy, dude, but, like, I'm, I just remember being a kid watching the Chiefs and realizing how much they sucked and just how close they were, you know, and you're, you're sitting, you're looking at the team, and you're just like, what are they missing? Like, the defense seems good. The offense can't figure it out. And it's like, okay, the offense has it, but the defense can't figure it out. And it's like, the defense has this bend, don't break. And then they lose by field goals because the offense can't score in the playoffs. And now it's just, oh, my God, like, they're, they're unstoppable. And, yeah, I, I don't mind being the bad guy right now because we were the bad team for so long. So now we go from the bad team to everybody's rooting for us. Like, we've... We're the, literally the Golden State Warriors. But I see like them come across my feed right now, and I just I can't help but smile. It's like, dude, we, I'm just so lucky right now to be a fan of the Chiefs, and I'm happy that I get to just live in every moment of it. But let's move to the NFC and get that taken care of. That's enough Chiefs talk. I'm sorry for boring you guys. If you didn't like it, hopefully you just skipped through it. But here we go to the NFC. Let's start in the East. Dallas Cowboys. Talking about your did you see the clip of Deuce Vaughn running in the backfield of the Prescott? Yes, I did. As hilarious as it is, with how short he is, I think every single own like whole it's insane. And then you got five five Deuce Vaughn out there around as just speedster. It's hilarious to me. It is hilarious. Yeah, but he's got a six spin move and stuff. So, yeah, it is hilarious. Um, <laughs> this this team is just like, they're so hard, right? Because, like, they don't have Kellen Moore as their OC anymore, which I thought was a I, – I, we actually got into an argument about this last year. I'm like, is, is he good or not? Um, and, like, I truly think he's a really, really good OC, and I think it's going to hurt them dr- dramatically. Like – Going, especially because they they were going with Schottenheimer, who sucks as an OC. 
and they're going to be run heavy and which is great for Pollard and stuff like that. But like, I just don't see it. And I think that it's going to slow down CD lamb, not being in like more of that, like up tempo type offense that he's used to. Cause he did that in college and stuff. The defense is still going to be nasty though. Like and the defense might even be better because now they're, they might actually get breaks um, on when they're not on the field. So that's nice. Um, I just kind of expect a lot more low scoring games from the Cowboys than we're used to, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Which I mean, might be good for them. You know, Dak Prescott's not going to lead like a a 20 point comeback there in the fourth quarter. Um, A lot of question marks still surround Dallas. So Philadelphia, we kind of dove in them a little bit, probably the best, second best team in the NFL. Uh, they didn't even lose anybody. They just absolutely reloaded this offseason. I think Chauncey Gardner, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was the only guy that they lost um, in the offseason. No, did he go to the Lions? Mean, yeah, they did. But they, I mean, they lost some players. I mean, they lost both their starting linebackers. I mean, they lost an OC and a DC. Um, I mean, they've, they've lost them. They've lost I some forgot pieces. about them losing, uh, was it Jordan Matthews, the linebacker? Um and Edwards and Edwards they lost. Yeah, Edwards went to the uh, Bears. That's the Bears, right. but then they brought um, back Morrow, Morrow who was on the Bears, so they, it was kind of like a swap there. So I mean, but like you said, they they loaded up on the draft. Like mm-hmm. they were very much filled in a lot of gaps that they were losing. So yeah, so I think they'll be they'll be still going to be terrifying. Yep. Uh, now to the Giants. You got Saquon Barkley back. Daniel Jones looks to have some talent around him. I'm actually kind of excited to see what this team can be year two with Brian Dable and kind of like what I mentioned with the Texans earlier, like, hey, we're watching this team develop and they're learning how to win ball games. And we're going to be able to see that firsthand. I feel like it's the same way with the Giants, and we're looking at Daniel Jones going like, okay, hey, this guy just – he just needed somebody around him. He needed someone other than Saquon Barkley to get the ball to. And if they can have that this year, I mean – Jalen Hyatt seems to be just blazing past people running 24 miles an hour. I don't know if you saw the clip of him running across the middle of the field there on a streak. And it was just, I I don't feel like I've seen a person look that fast on camera before. If I'm being completely honest, I thought it was sped up. Interesting. I did not see that. So I'll have to go and look at it right now, but you should look it up. (laughs) Okay. All right, cool. Um, My take is, I mean, I think the giants are, I mean, I'm with you. I'm I'm excited for year two. That's I guess that's what I'm really excited for. Is just see year two in Dable's offense, see how it goes. They got a little bit more weapons on offense now. Defense has got to come together. Uh, I think they will. I I just don't know. I'm just trying to like play through this. I'm like, are they another playoff team? Because I think there's just a lot of good. There's a lot of teams in their area i wouldn't say like great teams but like they're good teams there's a lot of good teams in the nfc and i think it's really going to come down to like just like one game here and there so um yeah so anyways uh that's kind of it for the giants uh washington they so they sold the team like exciting like that's that's the news for washington they, they sold the team. <laughs> new ownership thank yep. god uh lead us into the nfc north though with with the Green Bay Packers? Uh, the Packers, yeah. So Jordan Love time. Yeah, super excited about Jordan Love. I think that this team will be a lot more of a run-heavy team, rely on Aaron Jones a little bit, um, and dealing a lot. Defense was beat up last year. I think that they'll be a lot better. I think a lot of teams, have, a lot of people have written them off because they don't have 
Aaron Rodgers anymore, which is rightfully so. But, like, I think they have a ton of talent on this team. And I think Jordan Love, if he just is somewhat consistent, they're going to make a run. Like, I tr- – like, and I'm, when I say run, I mean a run in the playoffs. Um, and he's looking good in camp, Jordan Love. Uh, so, I'm excited about that. Uh, Christian Watson's going to be that alpha there. They have a – they drafted a lot of rookie – either wide receiver slash tight ends there. So they're going to be young at that position. So there's, I think there's going to be a lot of learning curves. This could very much be a team that starts out a little rough that first month, a month and a half. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the year, things start to click and you're like, holy shit, they just won out of like six out of seven. Like what just happened? Are the Packers back? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, they're like the five seed if the season ended today, like with like three games left. Like I could easily see that happening. Yeah, Riley, get ready to clip that because that's probably exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> um, I am excited to see what can happen with Jordan Love, mainly just due to the fact of everyone said him and Aaron Rodgers didn't have a good relationship because Aaron Rodgers was pissed at the Packers that traded up. And I think it just kind of added to the media's perspective of like Aaron Rodgers is just a shitty person. He thinks he's better than everybody. There's no way he's liking Jordan Love or gets along with him or is willing to teach him. And I think now that we see him with Zach Wilson and you see Aaron Rodgers being willing or not even say being willing, just helping him out and, you know, being the guy of like, okay, hey, like after this rep, let's work on this. Maybe get yourself out of the pocket and then step up and make the throw uh, instead of trying to rush that is what it looked like the communication was to Zach Wilson on the clip that I saw out of the Jets training camp. And I think that's just maybe everything that we missed from him with the Packers because you hear Aaron Rodgers talk about his relationship with Jordan Love, you know, and I shouldn't even say relationship, just tidbits that we'd get from like post-game interviews. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, J-Lo, love it. And then you realize, like, hey, that's a spinoff of A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers, and J-Lo for Jordan Love. And I think, like, that's fun camaraderie that the team is building. There is a relationship there. Aaron Rodgers realizes he's still the dude. Back-to-back MVPs, Jordan Love's like, yeah, I'm going to take a back seat here. But now it's time to take all this teaching and those lessons and put them in the action. And I'm pumped to see him get that opportunity to do it, especially with a guy like Christian Watson, who I've mentioned before, and the running backs that you have there where you can go make something happen with who we know can pound the rock. Um, And Dylan, and then you got Jamal Williams, who can catch the ball at the backfield as well um, and make things happen. No, not Jamal Williams. Excuse me. Um, Adams. Sorry, who are you talking about at this point? Dylan? The running back, A.J. Dillon yeah, and AJ Aaron Jones. Jones, golly, I said Adams. What? Yeah. Yes, Aaron <laughs> like, all Jones. of a sudden, Thank like, you, you, so threw me, you threw me off, and I was like, wait. I threw, like, three names Adams? together yeah. into one. <laughs> That's awesome. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with my brain, dude. I'm just, like, dyslexic when I try and think of names <laughs> off the bat, and I just, like, I don't know, too many thoughts and mouth's not keeping up with it it just happened right there again but because that's enough but let's head to chicago um justin fields a lot of excitement coming out of camp for him people are even making the tie for uh jonathan taylor to go there i think that's absolutely baloney you drafted roshan johnson at a texas in the draft Devonte for uh deontay foreman coming in as well you don't want to pay montgomery which not wanting to pay him, but at the same time, it's like you're not going to turn around and go get Jonathan Taylor and pay him all this month. That's not going to work out. I think this offense has a really good opportunity to be special, and that defense got reloaded. I think this is another team where we're sitting here looking at it like, hey, the beginning of the season's pretty rough. It might be doom or gloom, and then middle back into the year, you're going, okay, hey, they're they're kind of figuring out. They're kind of going on a win streak here. Maybe they're sitting at the sixth spot, right underneath the Packers there, and I just. 
maybe they make the wild card spot too. They just kind of sneak in there, but someone's come in into the playoffs here out of this, uh, this conference, but also looking at Detroit and Minnesota who also have playoff potential for both teams there. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited for the fields, DJ Moore combo. Um, real excited about that. You mentioned everything else I was going to say, so we'll just skip on over to the Vikings. Um, Obviously, won the division last year. Everybody kind of thought they were a little bit of frauds, and then they kind of proved it when they lost to the Giants in the first round. Um, and now everybody's like, okay, it's going to be the Lions. It's going to be the Lions. The Vikings aren't as good. I mean, they brought in Brian Flores for their D.C. position that I think is going to make a huge difference. They brought in Jordan Addison, given he might be like going and feeding in a 140, you know, in a 55 again. Who knows with that? But, like, I kind of like. I kind of still think the Vikings can win this division. I kind of like them still. Um, and we haven't even talked about the show quarterback yet, but like, I love Kirk Cousins because of that. Like, he was awesome in it, and I don't care what anybody else. Oh, says, absolutely. So I loved him. We've not. So we didn't talk about it last week. No. Oh shit! Did we before? Because I thought I talked to you about it. No, no. I'm, I've talked I'm to not so talk- many people about this show. I'm not. You and I have not talked. And then we have not talked about it at all. Oh my God! Have you finished it? I stopped watching it after they knocked the Jags out. Hurt too bad. You're ridiculous, but I understand. I'm I'm not ridiculous. It hurts. I watched like, all watching that game, dude. Like what? Yeah, that's like One eight hours. Baby. Started walking. Started watching it at work, dog. We weren't busy. I turned on the iPad. Said, "Boom! Thank you, sir." That's ridiculous. So, anyways, no, I haven't watched the last episode. I will eventually. It 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 fixed my my itch of football that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I was done because then it hurt, and I was like, yeah, this is why I hate football. Like I <laughs> I knew I knew what was coming, and it still still hurt me. Um, I hate to see it, damn it. Yeah, you do. You do hate to see it. Um, but anyways, back to Kirk Cousins. Love him. I think the Vikings are going to make a huge run. I mean, the Lions are the sexy, fun pick that, like, they could do it. But, like, in the end, like, they, they're still chasing the Vikings, in my opinion. Like, yeah. like, I think that team is a lot better than, like, what people are giving them credit for. Yeah, they lose Adam Thielen, but, hey, they picked up Jordan Addison, who I think is a great compliment to go with Justin Jefferson. Um, and they love Mattinson at running back, so it seems like they're completely fine moving on from Dalvin Cook. I think Minnesota is a clear-cut winner to win this division, and we're sitting here looking at it like, then it goes Detroit, and then Chicago and Green Bay spot you know, a chance to the playoff. Um, because I think you watch quarterback, and you learn from Kirk Cousins, and this guy dealt with a lot last year and got hit a ton, and then it makes you realize, like, man, that defense kind of stuck. They didn't really have much stopping them. They got lucky against the Bills with, you know, Patrick Peterson's interception that kind of helped them win that football game. The defense had, you know, pretty much put them in a position of almost losing it. And then they got lucky with the, the fumbled snap as well. And then you realize, like, man, Kirk Cousins dealt with all these injuries, but he's also making play at play after play with a shitty offensive line in front of him. If that guy had just a second and a half more time to make a decision or throw, who knows what the Vikings could have been last year. Yeah, like it could have been absolutely. so much fun in the NFC playoffs, but I think the Vikings have been that team for like five or six years of, man, just if they don't have this mistake or this doesn't take place, you know, there's all these what ifs for the Vikings of, man, they could have made a deep playoff run. And they've been with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, except for the year with the Minnesota Miracle. So 
looking at the Vikings, to me, I think they're the ones that win this division when we do our prediction episode here in a couple of weeks. That's going to be my guy or my team. Excuse me. Let's head to the West um, and then wrap up the rest of this uh, conference here in the NFC. Heading to the West of San Francisco. This is my Super Bowl pick team, though, out of the NFC. I think me if too. Brock Purdy doesn't get injured in that game, I think they beat the Eagles. And I'm me not too. just saying that because, like, I'm with whatever. You. I do think it was going to be a Super Bowl rematch of Kansas City versus San Francisco if Brock Purdy doesn't go down. And it would have been so much fun to see Brock Purdy go from mystery relevant to Super Bowl starting quarterback. Just yeah. it would have been an electric storyline. It really would have. So I actually have a bet that I have made. I'm trying to pull it up for you so you can see it. Um, I was going to make here we go. Um, so it is. It is the <laughs> Niners, the Niners making the Super Bowl and the Jags making the Super Bowl. So I obviously, wish people could see how excited you get when you talk about your bets. Yeah, I love it so much. You've um, not really been a smiley person today during the episode, and you're like bringing up your bets <laughs> on the Niners making the Super Bowl, and it's freaking ear to ear, dude. Yeah, that's hilarious. So, yeah, just a casual, you know, $15 bet to pay out $1,000. So, you know. It is what so, it is. So say what the bet was again. I'm sorry. <laughs> just Niners versus Jaguars Super Bowl. <laughs> just, just like, just straight for the straight for the throat. Like this is the Super Bowl matchup. Like not just like one here, one there. Combo parlay, like both of them, and it's and these were your I, childhood teams as well. Yeah, they were my childhood teams. Some people may not up. realize yeah. that. Happy four years. Yeah, exactly. Happy four years, exactly. Um, but as I was making this, I was just like, I'm throwing away fifteen dollars, but wanna know what? I get to talk about it all year long. <laughs> yeah, absolutely love it. So uh, Oh anyways, my god, that's freaking hilarious. I'm with you with the Niners, dude. I I think they run away with this division. I think they're great. I think they're gonna probably go to the Super Bowl. It's them and the Eagles right now. Obviously, you have to get Nick Bosa into camp like you just have to you got to pay the man you got to yeah. just figure out what you got to do there but um and i'm also super excited to see like how the whole quarterback stuff plays out obviously we all think purdy's the no man joke but i'm like super excited to see like because like sam darnold's getting some love you still have trey mm-hmm. lance like what's gonna happen with all three of them? <laughs> excuse me all three of them like i'm super excited about it um do you have anything else on the Niners before we move on nope i don't but I mean, I can make it real quick. The rest of this division, I think they're going to do be it. Dog shit. I think this. Like, I think like, I think Seattle's going to be good. Really, I think Seattle's going to be really good. I think Geno Smith ruins it for them. Maybe they're good in the regular season, but I think it, we're going to begin to a point where it's like, if they had a younger, more athletic quarterback, Seattle would have been dangerous this year. I feel like that's going to be the narrative heading into next offseason for them. Yeah, that's right. I think they're a one-and-done playoff team, but I fully think that they make the playoffs again. And, yeah, I guess that's my take. Like I, I think their offense is going to be really good. I think that, like, I love their three wide receiver combos. I like their running backs. I think Gino can do enough. And, and Gino was really good last year. I mean, if he can just repeat what he did last year, like, that's success. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense was young last year and did well. Like they're only older now. Like very true, very true. You know. So anyway, so I. But with with the Cardinals and the Rams, yes, I agree. I don't think they're going to be very good. And uh, who do the Rams we'll, have to be excited about outside of Cooper Cup? No one. Like legit, no one. 
<laughs> that is even answer. Let's head to the south here, <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. He was the third team of our parlay here for the talk of football parlay bet. Uh, we picked him to win the division. We did. We did. <laughs> Saying I... that out loud seems pretty effing crazy. Uh, it does. Because, boy, Riddler's not been looking good in camp. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's not looking There's great. a lot of young talent here. Could be exciting. <laughs> They're the reason we lose. Yeah, if, yeah, if, it, it will be on him if, if they do. But, like, I think part of it was, like, we trusted, like, they're going to run the ball really well. They have weapons. So, like, if he needs to throw, he just has to get it in the general area. And guys like Pitts and London will just make the plays. It's kind of like the thought process. And I love what they've done with the defense. They added a ton of really, really good players. Jesse Bates being one of them. Let's not forget, people, we were the first ones on Jesse Bates. Like, before uh, the bank, Don't even give the me Bengals credit. That was all you. That was all you. Don't give me credit for that. Either way, like, it's it, he's a talking football guy because, like, we were all on him before the Bengals were good, and now look at him. And I, I'm just excited about the defense. Like, really, yeah, I truly see these guys as the Titans of, like, three or four years ago. Like, the year before they – the year before, like the year they knocked off uh, Lamar when they were the one seed, um, that's what I see them as. Like a team that wins their division that probably wasn't very good. People don't think they're sexy, and then they go and like win a playoff game too. Like that's just what I see them as. The Falcons, you're seeing them as a playoff winning team. Yes, I like they're going to be a team that like you don't want to play in the playoffs because they're going to just run it down your throat when it's like. It's going to be like in like Green Bay, and it's going to be freaking cold, and they're going to go, okay, guess what? Try try tackling Bijan Robinson. Keep going, keep going. Oh, and then play action, hit pits over the middle. Safeties can't tackle him. He runs over them. Oh, throw it deep. London catches it, runs over a cornerback, touchdown. Like, I just – I can see it. Like, they're just built – they're built for playoff football. They just have to get there. They're just different. Just built different. <laughs> uh, next team, Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young looking like a stud, looking like an absolute steal uh, as the first pick in the draft of man. Can you believe no, no one else traded up to get this guy? Because look how good he is. The connection he has with DJ Shark and Adam Thielen is incredible. We love it. Here's the thing about those two guys in this football season: they might not play the whole year. And if that's the case, who's he throwing to? Terrace Marshall. That's cool. You got Tremble at tight end as well. That's even cooler. What's your defense looking like? That I talked about two or three years ago of like, man, they spent an entire draft on defense. They should be good. This is year that defense should be good. And if Bryce Young does live up to the hype and does live up to what they're saying in training camp, this could be a situation in Carolina going like, boy, they turn this around quickly. And Frank Reich at head coach. That's a pretty good head coach to have, especially when you're trying to turn something around and you get him an actual quarterback who can accurately throw the football down the field and make the correct reads when looking at a defense. <clears throat> Carson Wentz looking at you, incapable of doing. Yeah. Uh, exactly what I said about the Houston Texans, just didn't put that right here. Like, it'll be fun to watch them in, like, two years. That's where I'm at. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. Like, I, but, like, they do need to, like, Brian Burns, they got to, like, just pay that man and, like, let make sure he's happy. Uh, JC Horn's going to be interesting because he's been so good when he's on the field, but he's hurt all the mm-hmm. time. Like, so that one's going to be super interesting. Um, and I am actually excited about Terrace Marshall. 
Uh, I think that he has a really good year this year. Uh, and, and maybe that's part of me because I just know that DJ Chark is going to miss seven games. Like, he he just will. Unfortunately, I'm a <laughs> DJ Chark guy, but, like, yeah. he has proven that he can't. He just can't stay healthy. So, anyways, uh, there's that. Uh, who else? The Bucks. Uh Sorry, I'm not excited about Kyle Trask or, or Baker Mayfield. I'm just Here's not. The, I was having this conversation with a buddy a, a couple weeks ago. Um, could this be like a redemption season for Baker Mayfield, who has actually great weapons around him that are truly reliable? Yes. In a defense that that's just going to be good. Like the defense yeah. for the Buccaneers is good. They're going to get after the passer of the opposing team. And then you're looking at Baker Mayfield of, if he doesn't hurt his shoulder with the Cleveland Browns, is this a situation of like, is that Baker Mayfield still in Cleveland? Because that shoulder injury really did derail him and his future in Cleveland and kind of made him a spotlight in the media because he was willing to just give you headlines every time he spoke into the microphone. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, yeah. and I didn't think this until I spoke to this buddy who it seems to be, he kind of reminds me of you where he has these like tidbits of knowledge <laughs> of the game of football that you don't really think of and it ends up being a hit and working out and you're like, how the hell do you even think of that? It's just, I don't know. <laughs> the way your guys' minds work. But it's just, he mentioned it to me the other day, and I was like, I, I want to talk to Trees about this. So Yeah. I mean, it's actually a very fair argument, and, I mean, they do have the weapons. Offensive line is eh, so that, that makes me worried. Uh, but, I mean – They're still better than what he had in Cleveland, though. Still better. Is it, though? I mean, Cleveland used to – I mean, like, when they made their run, like, they were known as, like, a top three offensive line. So – yeah, but they weren't they weren't healthy, and I mean, I guess you yeah, can say the same thing true. about, but but yeah, but like I mean, yeah, especially last year, right? But like I, I think it's a fair argument. Um, you got deep threat there with Adam Evans, Godwin underneath. You got a young running back that's a good pass catcher. I mean, yeah, I guess I can see it. Defense is getting a little bit older, so we'll see there. Um, I guess I just don't really trust Bowles as a head coach either. Like I just don't. Yeah, that's a good point. That's fair. And this is bad for um, me to say, considering we're doing a podcast, but I don't know who they hire. Who did they hire as their OC? I'm sitting here like trying to be like, who's their offensive coordinator? I don't know. Let's see if I can do a quick I'm doing that search right on now. the Google. Dave Canellis. I don't know where he's from. Who? Dave Canellis? I don't know if you're saying that name right. I don't know if I am. <laughs> Neither. Oh, he was Seattle's quarterback oh, coach. I knew, I, I knew that. He was Seattle's quarterback coach. I knew that. I remember this. Oh, um, you did not. You just happened to know Seattle's quarterback coach, huh? No, like, I just remember. You hit on a lot of things, but let's not be a liar now. No, I don't remember him being them. I remember I'm when he got hired, they talked about how – because the, the, the hire was like, oh, look what he did to Geno Smith. I just remember that. Um, anyways – now that, you, now that you brought this up, now it makes me think a little bit. I'm like, yeah, shit, maybe they are a little bit good. And then it also makes me think, like, are they just the Pittsburgh Steelers NFC de- like version of it? Like, they're just going to be a team oh. that's just like that's just hard to play, but like they're not going to make the playoffs this year. But like, they're just going to be hard, and they're probably going to end up around, you know, like like with like seven wins, maybe eight. Like, <laughs> like I could just see it. So I mean. Fair argument by your friend. Like I think that I think it's actually a good comparison. Uh like now that they could be good. Yep. And now heading into New Orleans. Uh big question mark for them. 
Derek Carr, second opportunity being a franchise guy. Love the possibility of it. He's got good weapons with Chris Olave. This is where the question mark comes in. What are you getting out of Alvin Kamara? What are you getting out of Michael Thomas? And what is this defense going to be? Because yeah, defense exactly. is older. Yep, exactly. It is getting older. And I just don't like their head coach either. Uh, Dennis Allen. Like, I just don't. Any reason why? I just don't think he's a good coach. I mean, I thought the team was <laughs> set up for success. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he failed when he was a head coach earlier, too. Like, this isn't his first rodeo. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. True. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have the easiest, easiest schedule in the NFL, though. So, and they face, like, they only face, like, one good quarterback all year. Like, they face Trevor Lawrence, and that's basically about it. So, uh, they could easily go on this crazy run of like start. Like I legit could see them starting like six and one because their schedule is so easy. <laughs> uh, I have a buddy who's a Saints fan, and he texted me the other day. It was like Saints are Super Bowl sleeper, bro. Easiest schedule in the year in the league. And I was just like, I'll believe it when I see it, bub. Yeah, he th- um, he's my dude though. My buddy that's a Saints fan. He listens to he listens about every show podcast that I do here. Um, and he's always talking about the Saints, and I feel like I never talk. I give him some love. So maybe let's take a little deeper dive here into the Saints just for him. I know I just a question mark. Do you think there's, like, some true positives of what New Orleans could be if Michael Thomas comes back and plays and Alva Kamara is back and plays? As my dog whines about being in the crate. Sorry if you can hear that. We can't. But, like, um, looking at him, it's like but- Chris Olave was the one bright spot last year, and it's like if you can he's add those two of the key pieces, that could be a lot of fun. No, I mean, I could easily see them winning the, this division. I mean, Derek Carr can throw the rock, man. Like, he, he can do it. Olave is a stud. If Michael Thomas is healthy, like, you have that – Um, you – why is it blanking right now? The kid from we, the kid from Weber State, the fast kid, Shahid, I think his name is. Like, he's a stud. I They have – they brought in – they brought in some running backs. Like, I just think that, like – I think that they can make the run. Like, it's just, is the defense too old now? We don't know. Like, I, we, we got to just see it. Um, like, that's really what it is. I could see them winning the division. They're they're the favorite in this division for a reason. Uh, we kind of just took the sexy pick at the Falcons, like, for our bet. Like, that's all it really is. Like, so, um, if we end up losing our bet because the Saints won this division over the Falcons, but the Jags and Dolphins did win their division, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'd be pissed, but I would be, I would be mad too. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not. I should so, be pissed, but it'd just be, be like pissed. you're so close to the payout, and you're just like son of a bitch. Yeah, totally. So, all right, okay. Well, that does it. Uh, there's a kind of a recap of like kind of where what's happened in camp, kind of our thoughts on the team. Um, we'll be back next week with Dan. We got some fantasy talk, some future bets we want to talk about. And then like soon enough, we're going to be getting into like our normal prediction shows um, for college football and NFL. And then soon enough, man, it's going to be betting time. Like we are, like we said at the start, four weeks from college football starting um, for like the big game starting. And just shortly after that NFL. So uh, we appreciate it, everyone. And tonight we've been talking football. We'll be right back.